What is going on, lovely people? Welcome to another episode of the Editorial Podcast. I'm Nikki. And this is Chris coming at you with 184,683 large Billy bookcases a la Ikea between us. Why'd you pick a furniture item from Ikea? Because I was putting together my large Billy bookshelf. Because if you remember from previous episodes, we've been doing some mild construction in the old house. Uh, so we've slowly been bringing old furniture back, uh, including my very large uh, Billy bookshelf, which I uh, can probably see behind me as we record this beast over here. Oh. Yeah. So as I was uh, putting it back together, I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this measurement this week. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there is uh, a thing about bookcases that I like. I think there's a – in my dream home, I envision a bookshelf with a mm-hmm. bunch of my books and yes. um, Mr. Pharmacist's Kindle. He doesn't read <laughs> – he doesn't, I was just, because here's the thing. I was like, you know what would be really nice? A bookshelf full of your books that you've read. And then I go, wait, but you don't have books. You download all of them onto your Kindle and you read it off your Kindle. So it'll be a giant bookshelf of just for one Kindle, I guess. <laughs> but then I, I have books, so I can put my books there. I think it just looks like you're so well- well read and you're just refined if you have a bookshelf and you have books in it you know and like majority of my books are like self-help books but no one can help me so oh you know christ good lord listen my i i have this thing where like i i can't part with books like some people can't part with their old clothes i can't part with books so i have books from like mentioned yeah, like I, I have too many. So that that bookshelf is one of two. Okay. Yeah, so uh, behind me, there are about 12 boxes filled with books that have to go back in these shelves. So that is a whole other project for me once once everything is up and running in, in the household. It's nice to know, obviously, where we come from, where we're going, and books – do that books yeah are just probably the backbone of a lot of uh like society's radical visionaries oh yeah definitely i mean all of like our great theorists wrote their ideas down and we still look at them today i mean aristotle socrates all of the great thinkers all wrote down their ideas and wrote down their conversations and now we we look at them today and it sort of has structured how we how we think as a society in odd strange ways yeah and then you go the the what is it what is that culture that depicted the doom in 2012 the mayan calendar yeah 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 so apparently our calendar is like eight years too fast or something like there's a discrepancy of eight years so actually 2020 is uh the mayans 2012 so we about to die 
So uh, that was this week's edition of Conspiracy Theories with <laughs> Nikki. Thank you very much, Nikki. We've got Colton <laughs> caviar, and we've probably and we've got like conspiracy and chips, like fucking yes. You grab muck a bag bang. of all dressed chips. <laughs> <laughs> grab a yes. bag of all dressed chips and dill pickled chips and ketchup chips, and let's get down to business. This week yes. we're talking about doomsday. What are we talking about? Doomsday. <laughs> the end of human society as we know it is yes. uh, is happening. Yes. Th- thank you for that. I, I did not know that. I'm now even more terrified than I originally was. So so thank you so much. I will definitely not be having panic attacks for the rest of the year. No, nah, don't worry. Just shove your face with some, you know, apple pie from the Lakeview and we're all good. Perfect. I'm going to drink so many creamsicle milkshakes. It's going to be great. It is going to be great because, <laughs> yeah, we are uh, we're moving forward into a different time. And yes. it's, it's different uh, for everybody, especially for, you know, women who are Im- from immigrant parents. You know what? That one wasn't bad. I was going to actually go the opposite way after after you you were like eat some eats eat, eat some apple pie. I was going to be like yeah yeah I'm going to drink a ton of uh, cream skull milkshakes and that'll make me really soft. You know like the conventional theory of how women are supposed to act. And then <laughs> dude, we should have went with that. We should have went with that. <laughs> are we soft though? How soft are we? And what is our temperature of melting point? I don't know. Yeah. Do we measure that in Kelvin or do we measure that in Celsius? Who knows? Or do we measure that in the hardships that our immigrant parents had to endure in order to get us to the new country of freedom? Oh, snap. That got that got eight levels deep there, bro. As eight levels into hell deep that right there, bro. <laughs> yeah, you got yes. it. This week's episode, we're talking about women in modern societal norms uh, and how we're somehow supposed to be soft and feminine, but at the same time, we're supposed to be strong and resilient. So how are we going to do that? Like, you know, uh, how are we supposed to be emotionless and cold and and also lovey-dovey and warm? Yeah, and I find it even more interesting to talk about because like you and I, we are of Asian descent. I don't know about you, but like my my mom was uh, brought me up to be very cold and be very emotionless. Like, you know, that that one phrase, you know, why are you crying? I'll give you something to cry about was often uttered. Okay. You know, it it was like we we don't talk about feelings. Like that's not a thing. Even when we talk about cramps in cinema and we like talk about crying during watching movies, like the reason yeah. when I tell you a movie like affects me, it's because like I, I physically don't know how to feel things. Mm. So that's why it's like, yo, it's deep. So imagine my anger when it's an Adam Sandler movie that makes you cry. Yep. Yo, I will still be mad. I will be mad about that forever. Like I'll be mad about that as 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 long as I am about you ruining mac and cheese for me. I saw that coming from a mile away. Good. And it's okay, guys. It Good. is okay. She I, will still eat the mac and cheese. I I I will always just like cringe before I do though. I will weep and I will cringe, but I will still eat it. <laughs> we just shed that one tear 
is rolling <laughs> down the side of your cheek. Single Bollywood tear running down your cheek. <laughs> and then make sure that when you uh, trip and fall while you go and get to the table of your mac and cheese, that you fall into a suitcase that then goes gets dumped into a swimming pool. Yes. And there, nobody knows that you're in this suitcase and magically zips itself. I don't understand. Because apparently it's like murder Mary Poppins. Dude, I don't know where I keep seeing that from, but it's fucking everywhere on my Instagram. I'm like, this woman is literally inside a suitcase. What? Yeah, man, it's from a Bollywood show. And she like, she like fell like she was crying. She didn't see where she was going and she like hit the wall and then she like fell into the suitcase and folded up perfectly into the suitcase and then somebody zipped her up or something. I don't ha- know how it zipped up, but then it gets taken and then it gets thrown into a fucking swimming pool and this guy comes chasing and like realizing that she's gone. Did Can you- someone tell me which Bollywood show or movie that is? Because now oh, I'm curious. Oh man. Yeah, I'm vaguely interested as well. Oh man, that sounds insane. What? Yeah. So how how are you supposed to be emotionalist when emotionalists less less no emotions? Emo- emotionless. Anyway. Yeah. Emotionless. There you go. Ah uh, yes. Fucking dyslexic over here. No, you're fine. How how would you how are you expect to be that? But then like you have all these Bollywood movies that show like a frail, helpless woman. As a protagonist. Yeah, it's it's weird because like oftentimes like you see you see like representation of women as being like subservient to men and you see them as like the wholesome wife figure and you see them as like the wholesome maternal figure. But then yeah. it's funny because like it's always it's it's always seen as like a as like an age sort of thing. So it's like you might see your parents okay. in that role, but you might see your grandparents were like you know, the woman is clearly in charge. The matriarch is clearly in charge, right? So it's uh-huh, it's uh-huh. odd because it's like you grow up in the middle between those two sort of ideals where your mom is is sort of like subservient housewife, but then you have grandma who's like calling all the shots. You know what I mean? Mm, so yes. it's like you're yeah, yeah, you're yeah. sort of caught right in the middle between like what what is that what is your role meant to be in terms of of your womanhood like do you do you sort of like climb the rungs of of respect and autonomy like do you do you start off as like you know a spineless little jellyfish and then you work your way up into you know the tigress that you're meant to be once you're you're old <laughs> and retired right it's it's odd because like you're you're always put in between those two those two ideals right because it's like even even in art even in movies even in all of that like you're you're always seen as those those two things simultaneously but it's almost hard in real life to sort of come to terms with that because like i often still talk about myself as being almost emotionally stunted i oftentimes don't know how to feel and I don't know how to be soft and I don't know how to uh, allow myself to be in a in a headspace to to be vulnerable Uh because it's almost like you're always you're always taught to be tough right because you got to take on everything that life can throw at you so yeah, it's it's odd because I uh, I I personally feel like I've been a little bit emotionally stunted and like often turn to books and often turn to movies and often turn to all of that to like 
sort of remind myself that like I don't have to be the Grinch and my heart can grow three sizes. Guys, holiday season is upon us. It's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) The even the Takov, the roasted beast. She is no longer the Grinch. Guys, Grinch season is where I thrive. Like some people, some people are here for for spooky season. Like I'm here for Grinch season. I'm not. I can't even be mad because Grinch is green, and that's my favorite color. So, yo, yeah, yeah. I I got it down. Like I I I I peak at Grinch season. I'm like, yeah. Watch me be crotchety and miserable in all of this happiness. Watch. I thrive. <laughs> it's not a challenge, Chris. It's okay. It's not a challenge. Okay, Calm down. cool. Because that's just my natural disposition. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that you are, I guess you, would you say that you're raised to be more of a kind of defensive character, one that is more reserved and tends not to show emotions as much and is trying to go the opposite way and allow yourself to feel these things and allow yourself to experience the motions of of feeling things for other people are would you say that you're trying to make that transition yeah I mean it's been like a weird thing that I've had to learn how to do in the last little bit like especially believe it or not like when you're when you're writing comedy and when you're writing for other people it's like you you have to write for other people like you have you can't you can't base it on yourself or else like you know if it's me nothing nothing in a scene will happen because no one will take autonomy to do anything or put themselves out there or anything like that right so it's like Uh you have to sort of put yourself and you have to be vulnerable enough to like open yourself up and write write for other people what you would want to see right so that involves having to you know open up and like uh, make yourself aware of feelings and like sit in your feelings for a while as you sort of figure it out and yeah it's it's one of those things that like I still struggle with I struggle with hard I struggle with it consistently Mm -hmm. because like you know especially in this time as well because like there's so much focus on like elevating women's voices and elevating um the role of woman and femininity and sisterhood and all of the other stuff that goes along with it in this like third wave feminism that we're in right now but like Mm-hmm. It, it, it in all of that we're still meant to you know have emily dickinson charm but also you know emily dickinson fight so it's 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 interesting where i am these days where i'm trying to figure out how to feel and yeah i think that's pretty much it it's just l- figuring out how to feel and when is it appropriate to feel and when is it okay to be vulnerable uh because a lot of times i still forget that i i'm i'm allowed to be uh, if I get frustrated at work, I'm allowed right. to be frustrated. Yes. I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to be angry versus just, you know, bottling it all up and being a robot. So it's right. it's odd. It's an odd dichotomy to be living in, but like it's it's a slow climb. You brought up a really good point, which is basically vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, if you are vulnerable, it it makes you think that you can't be if you allow someone in your bubble when you're vulnerable Mm -hmm. it means it's trust and it's definitely somebody can hurt you yeah and with that being said you have to then be equally as tough when 
you get hurt because you allowed yourself to be vulnerable. So it's always this, I think, fine balance then of allowing yourself to be vulnerable around the people that deserve to have that more of a deeper connection with you. Because here's the thing though, like that I realized with my years of just being single and then Mm -hmm. now dating someone uh, explicitly and, and, and only allowing myself to kind of develop even stronger feelings because Mm -hmm. when I was single, it was always, I knew I wouldn't get hurt because I'm controlling the situation because I know that these people are not going to be in my life for a long time. Yeah. Uh, The ones that I would meet just to, you know, meet new people. But when it comes down to Mr. Pharmacist and, or I'm sure that people, other people can relate is that when they find somebody that they want to date or be with, you struggle with the balance of how much can I be vulnerable with this person or how little can I be vulnerable with this person? And I was called out and Mr. Pharmacist did call me out and say, you know, I, how are, how are we supposed to move forward if, you know, I'm not willing to try and it's not necessarily that, Uh, it's like I had such a defense system in place Mm -hmm. from past of people who hurt me that I thought that I was allowing him in, but apparently I wasn't as much as, you know, he would have wanted to so that we could move forward and get to know each other even more Mm because that that firewall was up. So is it, and I come off like pretty much as a, I call myself, like I'm a, I'm a self-acclaimed boss bitch. (laughs) So because you are. It's like I'm – thank you. And and I do feel that way. But I do know that I am allowed to cry. I do know that I am allowed to have my shit days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I watched an interview of Beyonce. I think it was Beyonce. But she was, like, saying how no matter, like, how strong you are of a woman, you still can have bad days and or a man. You are allowed to have shitty days mm-hmm. to feel sorry for yourself. But then once that day is over, you pick yourself up and you move on. But don't be fooled in thinking that everybody that comes off as super confident, somebody who's self, who's who's so full of self-love doesn't have bad days because yeah. we do and everybody does and you're not supposed to feel ashamed about it but for some reason it's women are either depicted as total bitches when they are uh in a place of power and a place of authority or super timid and yeah. and helpless and you're you know damsel in distress like there is no in between there's no hey I'm a real woman I I I am powerful and I am confident mm-hmm. on most days but I do have my bad days like I I want to see that. I want to feel, I want to know that someone else feels the same way. Yeah. And I think, I I think that's where like the dichotomy lies, right? Is like, there's, there is no like realistic expectation for, for women to behave in both or just be in both ways. And I think, um, have you seen, have you seen Fleabag? on on Amazon Prime? No. I think the reason I connected with that show so much was it was just a woman her struggles and her narrating her own way of just trying to get through her days. Like she has had her traumas 
She's not in a great way financially. She's not in a great way with her family, but she is just trying to create some sort of like fluidity and control in her life. And even though she's like trying to keep it together, she has a lot of bad days. And I think like it's the reason I fell in love with that character so much was I was like, she's me. She's me. Like she's Mm. just barely keeping it together on most days, but she's like, Mm -hmm. she's, she's somehow got it together enough where she's fooling everyone. And I was like, yeah, there's so many women who deal with that every single day who, you know, like us right now are PMSing and are having a terrible time. Yeah. But, you know, we still have to get up and go to work even though we're in pain and like, you know, wanting to eat something deep fried and covered in chocolate. But but we still have to like get on with our lives and we still have to do the things that we need to do. So you put up a brave face and you just do it. Yeah. It's amazing because if you think about it, I don't know. Here's a long-winded way of like getting back to what I'm trying to say, Nikki and her tangents, everybody. But I was wondering why YouTube, out of all of all of a sudden, the algorithm started to show me and started to like on my like homepage, started to show me all these videos of like post-pregnancy women or women. Deal, like vlogging about how the first week with a newborn baby is what? and like all these baby things. I don't know where the fuck it's coming from, <laughs> but it has it has basically taken over my YouTube. Jesus. And it's like I, I was curious and I did watch a video of a woman who vlogged basically her entire birth experience oh my where she God. Wo- woke up at six, her water broke, and she is brushing her teeth. And they get and like get to the hospital at like seven thirty, and then waits until seven at night to finally push out this goddamn baby and shows the entire process and all the shit that comes with with like get like you know with all the uh, medication that they give her like and then putting her on the epidural while she's contracting all Ah, these things. My toes are curling. And then you Ah. see, (laughs) I know, I know. Bear with me. And then you see the husband. And just like during the entire, <laughs> during her pushing, the entire the husband's just standing there, and then pats her on the shoulder lightly and goes, "You're doing a good job, honey. You're you're doing a good job." And then there's also the point where the time where she's having contractions, and you look, and she looks like she's so much pain because he's holding the camera and he's talking because she just couldn't even talk, like she was just in so much pain. Um, and then the husband goes, I'm so excited, like I am so excited, I can barely contain my excitement. And then you see the wife over there just like literally looking like she's dying and i'm like how is this fucking fair what is the purpose of a man if that isn't the definition of patriarchy i don't know what is (laughs) right i'm like this dude over here fucking giving his wife like backpacks good job there like good job you know you can do it you can do it just keep pushing and i'm like bro if you were bleeding blood from your penis every single month and then you get pregnant and you have to push out a goddamn baby out of well since you don't have a vagina so your asshole and then it tears your asshole (laughs) apart like you know that little bit where you're like for females where your hoo-ha and your like butthole, there's a little gap. There's a little like skinny, like where you end as a human being, that little space 
in between that tears and it becomes one giant hole. Uh, I I would and then it just imagine me standing there or your wife standing there and be just patting you on the back and go just go get him tiger. You got this. Like you, no, that doesn't help at all. Like I don't get it why it's so unfair that we have to push a goddamn baby out of our hoo-ha and then for you to just then go and degrade women and and go and disrespect women what? and then also women having this just psychological battle of yeah. like oh can i be can i be timid or or do i have to be strong and and you know show that i'm okay but i'm really not okay like women are crazy when we are you know we're labeled crazy when we talk about our emotions or whatever yeah. it is that makes us really uh, amped up about you know trying to get our point across and you call us crazy but it's like no I, I have my days. I have my bad days. There's some times where I need to tell you how I feel. And unfortunately, it just comes out in a way where it's like I'm screaming and throwing shit. But you got to understand I'm trying to communicate something here. Yeah. You know? I might not be communicating clearly, but, you know, read between the lines, dude. This is what it is. Exactly. Like you try having a baby tear up your asshole. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. But <laughs> oh, like my toes are still curled. Oh, Jesus I don't know why it's always on. It's all over my YouTube. This algorithm has got me just, I don't know what's going on. Oh, man. I, I don't know. Mine's been showing me a lot of haircut videos. Like my my Instagram. I don't watch YouTube. Like, I don't know. I, it just, it's not like one of the things I like first go to watch. But uh, okay. yeah, my Instagram's been showing me a lot of haircutting videos. And I'm like, why? I, why, hmm. I, don't, I don't understand what I liked to receive this. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're, I don't know, were you talking? See, there's a thing though. Maybe your phone's listening and my phone was listening and like, I don't know what the hell I was talking about, but why would it show me shit like this? But I don't know. Anyways, tangent done. Yes. I wanted to go. Yes. <laughs> we're going to go back to to the topic at hand, but I want to ask Chris a question, which yeah. is, do you think that poverty had anything to do with see you you brought up grandma usually is a strong figure yeah, 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 whereas yeah. your mom seems a bit timid yeah but then does poverty have anything to do with that with our parents being immigrants because yeah. it's the same deal over here with, with me my grandma was like a fucking warrior you oh, know yeah. uh, she had to take care of four kids and and make sure that none of them died oh, you my know Jesus. that's t- <laughs> like back back then it's tough like poverty being in a communist country like like uh, canada like like china <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong no I'm like kidding. um <laughs> yeah we mean like there was the communist party here that like we could have voted for which is really funny because the so elections funny. were just over yeah there was like an individual i think who ran and then i think his party was called the communist anyways i don't know i don't know my fat check me fact Fact, fact me. Fact anyway. check me. <laughs> fact, fact checked meat. That's what I'm trying to copy. Say. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think I. I mean, I definitely think so. I think it's like because you know you had to, you had to come over to this new land and you have to basically make a life for yourself. Like you do become hardened, right? It's like you like in my mom's case like she would have had to to get a job here she would have had to you know communicate with people she would have had to you know get really brave and really strong really fast Mm -hmm. uh and i mean yeah i i assume that 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 is a big part of it but at the same time like you know you're a wife and you're a mom 
so it's like you have to be soft in that re- in that regard. So it's like I definitely think so, especially you know, grandma, you know, had nine kids, you know, and she raised all of them, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she was she was a lot. She was a character, and and I was like, yeah, like this this makes sense in the in the role of matriarch. It, it was just always this incongruency between these two women in my life, and I was like, I don't. I don't understand what I'm supposed to be and 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 how I'm supposed to come off and what is the correct way. Uh, because even then, the idea was like, you are not, you're not to be upset. You're not to be sad. We've given everything to you. What are you, mm, yeah. what are you being sad? Why are you, why are you not happy? There's literally no reason to not be happy. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like it, you sort of were afraid of, of being disrespectful because you were sad, right? Like it, it's this weird way yeah. of thinking, but like pretty much if you, if you were sad, that meant, that meant that you were, you, you were being ungrateful, kind of yeah because it's like hey i gave you everything but you're sad and you have way more things than i had literally when i was your age exactly so it's like it's it's all of these dichotomies of what what are you supposed to be and in what social context are you allowed to be those things because if i'm at work and i'm being uh, and i'm being aggressive and i'm being a business owner then i come Mm -hmm. off as you know demanding i come off as bossy but you know yeah yeah but you know if i if i do become soft then i'm i'm a suck you know and i'm a doormat a pushover right exactly there's this fine line yeah so it's like where 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 am i allowed to just live like where what am i supposed to do to just be definitely a question that i think a lot of people struggle with mm-hmm. because it doesn't help that society's like hey the status quo is like women who are in charge, who are, you know, who have their shit together, mm-hmm. um, that are in a position of power at work, come off as bossy. But I don't think you've ever, I don't think you would ever hear that term, that word used to describe a man when a man is in charge and they're on top of things and they're also a bit aggressive. You call them a leader. You call them, you know, a trailblazer exactly. or somebody who's trying to get work done. But women, we get then classified as bitches as bossy and I don't understand why that is a thing because if you also look at what is happening right now studies show that countries with female leaders have the fewest cases of COVID and it's interesting Mm -hmm. because women are I think no matter how stone cold of a person you are you know I think women have this innate motherly instinct whether or not you like kids or not whether you fucking I don't know eat puppies for breakfast or not you do have (laughs) some like a little part of you are you Cruella DeVille (laughs) yes yes I am okay dude that cape that like fur jacket that she wears though looks so fashion yo i low-key if my hair goes gray when it goes gray rather like i want it to go gray just in one spot just like hers like i want to have that like oh, white yeah. that white streak i'm like yeah i'm into that oh my god like that girl from like what not to wear on that one tv show what is it hgtv no is tlc it? 
was that that one a slice or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> from like a thousand years ago <laughs> yeah bro anybody around anybody around who like gets that reference it's just that one side bang of just white yes i want that i'm into that yeah i'm into that one of my friends has a birthmark that has like gray that grows out of it i was like yo that's sick i love that no yeah i think it's so cool but back yes, to the point sorry of we got t- a tangent just, <laughs> <laughs> i think that it's uh definitely something that we all struggle with and but we all have these mo- we have this motherly instinct mm-hmm. we do and so we can't be hard all the time because i think innately it's just within us to care uh it's just a matter of whether or not we switch it on or off yeah I guess, yeah, I mean, like, I I do have, like, even at work, like, I do have my matronly moments where, you know, my kids are my kids, my, my, my staff, I refer to as my children, like, they're my kids, and I'm store mom, and that's just what it is. But at the same time, you know, when I am a business owner, I am a business owner. So Mm -hmm. yes, there are varying degrees of everything. But like, there are oftentimes where I have to, like, explain why I am the way I am and why I'm doing the things I'm doing. And I was like, I shouldn't have to like, it should just be like, this is, this is how it is. I can have both those dichotomies and I shouldn't have to explain why I'm being aggressive right now or why I'm being matronly and looking after my team right now. It shouldn't have to be one or the other. No, it shouldn't. Yeah. So I think, I think in this context, especially because we're, we're of Asian descent, we do have that you know, background and we do have like that immigrant sort of background in us where we do have to see both sides of the spectrum simultaneously. It's like this never ending sort of like snake eating its own tail of like where, what am I supposed to be and how am I supposed to be it? And, and how do I tread that really fine line of, of whether I am unfeeling and cold in this moment or whether I can be sad in this moment or you know like what what am I allowed to do and how am I allowed to feel um and it's like this consistent sort of monologue that's like always going on in the background consistently I I would want to know and I'd be very curious then Mm -hmm. if you were to have children how would you raise them like if especially if you had a daughter how would you raise your daughter in a way where um, you would let them know that it's okay to feel the way that they do. And how would you raise your daughter differently than how your mom raised you is what I want to And ask. that's the thing I think I struggle with. Like not, not that that would ever happen because, you know, children terrify me. Right. It would – in in this hypo- in this hypothetical, it, like I, I even wonder how that would happen because – like I, I still struggle with how to feel. I still struggle with that monologue every day. For me, it's like it's like doing a math equation in my head. I'm always like putting together all of the pieces to try to get the answer into how I'm allowed to feel by you know pulling and extrapolating information from around me. God, I'm like a robot. Jesus Christ. But is there even an answer? And that's though, the thing. Like right? how I how would I even be able to transfer that to? another generation right and this is just further like where that like immigrant female trauma sort of continues right it's like it it, it never sort of ends because what what do you have what do you have to sort of illustrate your own you you don't really have anything it's like you're still figuring it out right yeah i i don't know i don't know how people do it 
these days because there's just so much negativity Mm -hmm. that's put out there and there's so much corrupt things that young women, young females are exposed to because they have readily access to the internet. They have, they'll hear shit on the playground with their friends or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, and, and those kids, you know, that are also playing in the playground, they are taught a different way by their parents. And it also depends if their parents are also immigrant parents or not and if and and how they were raised because it's such a such a headache for me to think about everything that has to do with the future in terms of providing role model citizens for our next generation yeah. because they are like just sound like what Whitney Houston like they are our future <laughs> children are our future. Yes. Or is that Celine Dion? Whitney Houston did it. No, yeah, Whitney yeah, Houston, yeah. right? Right. So it's like, how are you tasked with this seemingly impossible mission mm. of raising a kid well enough so that they understand that as a woman, or if, you know, if your kid identifies as a female, that it's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to be strong, but also it is okay to show emotion and be weak and not feel weak. Yes. That's the thing too, because it's, it's another thing where society has made us feel as women, if we show emotions that we are weak. exactly, And then if men cry, they're not weak, but they're brave. How does that yeah. make any sense? And you know? I think I think that's where the big thing is for me is like I think in my head I equate vulnerability with weakness, right? And it's like I've been put in this position where I'm not to be weak, but then right. to be vulnerable is also to show weakness. So it's like how do you how do you equate those two things as well, right? So it's just like. Every single time uh, yeah. it's a stalemate, like no matter what way you look at it. For sure. It's it's also unfair to men to have to uh, always put up this This masculine kind of Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Yeah, this masculine m- masculinity and like you know, like show that you are full of testosterone or whatever it is. I don't I don't think that it is fair for society to put that type of pressure on 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 boys. And especially young boys too, where a lot of mothers still go like, "Hey, you shouldn't cry." Yeah. Like boys don't cry, and it's like, no, you, you, why are you making it so that they're not allowed to show emotion as well? Because they will grow up emotionally also with their stunted own set of problems in the same way exactly. where they're now trying to justify what what it means to be masculine and what it means to express feeling, right? It's like, it's, it's the same situation. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, you end up with a bunch of millennials who, you know, can't feel anything and who are afraid to feel and who are in therapy their whole lives, because that's, that's how they figure out their stuff, right? Like, that's pretty much what this generation ended up in. And then you have kids like the Gen Z kids who are just like openly talking about their issues freely, openly, willingly, and like living their best lives, talking about their therapy sessions like it's nothing, mm-hmm. who are more open and more willing to feel and be more generous and are somehow more m- more feeling than 
all of these generations combined. Like there's something, there's like a, yeah, yeah. a, a switch that flipped in those kids. And they're like, no, we feel everything and we're going to tell you how we feel. And it's kind right. of miraculous to see because I still can't even wrap my head around that most days. I Would you say that it's going in the right direction? Oh, I then? definitely think so. But I also think it's like, it's funny because it's it's less like a volume knob because if our if our volume knob was at like one for for millennials, like the Gen Z kids are up at like a nine or a ten. Like there was no gradual sort of exponential growth with them. It was just like mm-hmm. it was like a clear spike. <laughs> like they went yeah. from one to the other real quick. Yeah, like they're incredibly self-aware and that's I I'm envious of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I it's also very weird to look back at like our our parents generation and seeing how that dichotomy mm-hmm. is. Did I use that word right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you look at just Asian parents most of, well, I don't know about I can say I can't say most, but there's a lot of that where the woman stays and sticks around even though they're not happy yeah. in the marriage because of the kids, because they were raised to tell, like they were raised with the idea that you cannot leave your husband. You can, you will bring shame to the exactly. family. You can, you know, you have to stay at home. You have to be the one that provides mm-hmm. for your children. You can't have a career. You cannot have dreams of doing more than just housewife wife work. And I think that shifted with our generation and the people that are like, you know, relative to our generation where they're like, hey, no. And it's not that I don't want to be a housewife, but also it has gone just a lot more expensive to raise a household and you need more than one source of income. So now I have to be soft at home be a mother, but then also go out there and be a boss ass bitch. And I think we're, I think we are seesawing that and, and we're not bad at Mm -hmm. it, but I feel like there's a better way um, of teaching our future children on how to deal with this and how to better manage our emotions and, and talk and be able to talk about it freely so that, you know, also, I think our parents' generation, how many of them have so much pride that, you know, they don't want to admit that something's wrong oh, and they don't want to go to therapy, yeah. right? Oh, a thousand mm-hmm. percent. And I mean, like, there's chronic problems with, like, drug abuse and alcohol in that generation as well. Oh, yeah. It's it's because that's how you dealt with your problems, right? And yeah. it's it's bizarre that these kids now are just so open and honest and and willing to talk to each other and it's it's interesting to sort of see the progression of how we're becoming more human and mm. almost more more understanding of each other as humans so it's definitely an interesting thing uh, to look at and to talk about yeah i'm 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 glad that we did this one this week yeah it's a very heavy topic and i think it leaves our audience with a lot to think about in terms of how would you raise your future generation Mm -hmm. and maybe not even that far out what about what you can do at home now yeah the conversations that you can have with your parents 
in, in order to kind of better understand why they raised you the way that they did and why they act the way that they do. And then see where the problem lies, if there is one, and try to go in and, and reform it and educate them and, and let them know that it's, you know, we're not in that bad place anymore. Yeah. And you're allowed to feel the way that you do and you're allowed to be sad if you're not happy with mom if you're not happy with dad uh, let them know or if they're not happy with each other maybe sit them down and have that mm-hmm. talk and you know it's like we're we're all starting to understand that it's like it's more and more safe to do so it's like we're all we're all yes. understanding that it's it's now more acceptable uh to do it and it's more acceptable to have those conversations now for yeah, sure. it's more it's more tolerable and it's more palatable now than it ever was. So better now than never. Better now than ever. Exactly. And now is the time of the show where we answer a question from the audience. And in this week we had a question and it goes, why do girls jump up and down when they see their friends? What kind of a question is I this? I mean, uh, listen, you guys are not sending your questions in uh, like quickly enough so we have to we 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 got we got a couple we got a couple of rotten eggs but we're still going to answer it beggars aren't any choosers here at edit to real so uh on that note please send us your <laughs> questions at the edit to real podcast yeah uh, whoever sent us this question it's still a valid question we're still gonna answer it i don't know it. how to answer it uh well, I, yeah <laughs> oh man okay think about it if you celebrate christmas if you celebrate some other holiday where you know there are presents imagine imagine you wake up super early in the morning and get to open those presents and you're like oh my god i'm so excited oh my god this is mm. like this is great because i'm gonna have like this great little dopamine push because i got things and things make me happy replace the things with mm. people and that's your answer mm. that's a good one I was just going to say that's also the same type of question as to if you were to ask me why when I laugh, I throw my head back. It's just something that I do. Yeah, I don't know. when I get excited and I see people, I'm like, oh, my God. And then I show my excitement. And you know what? Sometimes you just have so much energy, your body doesn't know what to do with it. So guess what? You jump up and down. Boom. Done. Right. And this ties in great with this episode because, again, you're allowed to feel happy. Yeah. And if that's how you express your happiness, then – all power yeah, to put you. Yeah, on, put on some bouncy shoes. Don't put on heels because you'll break your ankles. But, you know, d- jump up and down all yeah. you want. Exactly. And on that note, thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. Yes, as we mentioned, please send us your questions. Even the stinkers will answer them. You can reach us at the edit real podcast at gmail.com or on the hipstagram or the Twitter at edit real. Yes, we would love to hear from you. Send us your questions. Yes. Odd ones and yes. Not. We appreciate all of, them. all of them. Yes, we we love hearing <laughs> from you guys. So so holla at us. Yes. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you in the next. Stay real. Stay real.